You're listening to Redemption City Church. For more information, check us out at redemptioncitychurch.com. Welcome to our Good Friday service online. Uh, if you're watching this and you're not a member of Redemption City Church and uh, you'd like us to keep you updated as to what we're doing online over the next couple of weeks, please leave a comment in the comment section below. We'll reach out to you, get your details, and uh, you'll be able to join us. As I was uh, thinking and praying through what we were going to do this evening for Good Friday, um, I had this thought, you know, I think for the early disciples, this day has become known as Good Friday in the Christian calendar, but I think for the early disciples, it was probably anything but a Good Friday. It was probably a very bad day for them. Everything that they'd staked their lives in, everything they'd left, boats and businesses um, and family, the man that they'd given everything up for to follow was hanging on a cross between two common thieves and was dying what could only be described in the day as a common criminal's death. We have the benefit of understanding the end of the story. We have the benefit of understanding the resurrection three days later. I'm not sure the disciples quite got it at the time. And so it must have been a pretty dark day for them. 2,000 years later, we have the benefit of, of hindsight. I want to focus tonight on three things that Jesus said from the cross. They're things that carried incredible weight when he said them. And for us today, 2,000 years later, they carry exactly the same weight and the same importance and the same meaning. And trust you're going to be blessed and uh, trust that some of you are going to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ tonight. That's my hope and that's my prayer is that people will get saved tonight. So here we go. The first one of the statement is simply this, Father forgive them for they do not know what they do. And it comes from Luke 23 verse 34 and it's fascinating to me that the first thing that Jesus said from the cross was actually a prayer. He's praying to his heavenly father, Father please forgive them. They don't know what they do. How significant is that? That in that place, Jesus was praying for us. How instructive um, that we ought to pray for those that are far from Christ. What an incredible example Jesus sets for us in all of those things. But I want to say this, in praying that he's also demonstrating some incredible grace. That he's praying for the very people that have tortured him, that have beaten him, that have mocked him, that have wounded him. The very men that crucified him, that nailed him to the cross. Those men he's praying for and he's demonstrating something for us in that. That nobody is beyond the reach of prayer and nobody is beyond the reach of salvation. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 59, the arm of the Lord is not too short to save. And my favorite scripture, Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Is that you tonight? You need to call on the name of the Lord. Do you need salvation tonight? I want to tell you, friends, sometimes we think we are beyond salvation or we think other people are beyond salvation. If that was true of any two people, it was true of me. You've heard me share my testimony. I'm convinced of this. There was not one redeemable thing about me. Not one redeemable thing. I wasn't kind. I wasn't loving. I wasn't generous. I wasn't sober. Um, I wasn't honest. I was nothing of those things. And yet in that place, the grace of God, in that place, Jesus would have been praying for me. Father, forgive that young man. And in that place, Jesus found me, poured out his love and his mercy and his grace on me. And the second person is my dad. I honestly, man, as somebody that leans evangelistically, as somebody that prays for people to get saved, there, there were times that I thought my father was going to be beyond 
salvation. But the truth is, in our little church in Los Angeles, man, I threw out the net one time and he put up his hand, gave his life to the Lord. What an incredible thing that is. Jesus demonstrating on the cross, Father, forgive them. Nobody beyond prayer and nobody beyond salvation. It's both a prayer and a promise. It's a prayer for forgiveness and a promise of salvation. The second thing that Jesus said on the cross is simply this, today you will be with me in paradise. And that statement comes from Luke 23. Jesus crucified, as we said, between two thieves. And the scripture records the conversation, the part of the conversation that these three men had. And I want to pick up on that and read that for you. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him, being Jesus. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him, saying, aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked that criminal and said, don't you fear God, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly. We're getting what we deserve. We're getting all that, uh, all that we deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. The first promise came in the form of a prayer. And the second one comes in, in the form of a response to a question from the thief. He, the thief asked Jesus, please remember me. And Jesus says to him, yes, I will. Today you will be with me in paradise. The lesson we can learn from Jesus being crucified between two thieves is simply this. One rejected him, one received him. They were equally near to Jesus. They were equidistant from Jesus. Both had seen and heard all that had transpired over the last couple of days. Both were equally sinful. Both had lived hard lives. Both were suffering equally. Both needed forgiveness. But one rejected Jesus out of hand and one responded to Jesus and asked for forgiveness and received salvation with this promise, today you will be with me in paradise. One died in his sins, the other one repented. I want to tell you, friends, that's exactly what we see in our day. We see so many people in our day reject out and out reject Jesus, reject the gospel, and yet we see thousands in our day receiving Christ, accepting the gospel, and just like that thief, receiving the promise and the assurance of an eternity with Jesus. I'm going to say to you again, friends, if that's you tonight, if that is you tonight, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond and pray for you in just a few minutes. Some reject Christ and must face eternity without him. Some accept Christ and receive the promise of salvation. We see here a very clear view of the ultimate victorious grace of God. God is the God of all grace and all salvation. Ephesians 2 tells us this, that it is by grace we have been saved. God, the God of grace planned salvation and the God of grace provided salvation for you and I. The God of grace still welcomes those who accept his son, repent of their sins and receive him as their savior. Which brings us to the third and final point tonight. It is finished. It is finished. It comes out of John 19 and verse 30. I'm going to pick up in verse 28. It says this, Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that the scriptures would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on the stalk of a hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished with that he bowed his head and gave up his spirit i want to tell you friends that's not a cry of despair it's not a cry of giving up rather it is a declaration of victory 
It's a declaration saying that all that he had come from heaven to achieve. The Bible tells us in Luke 19 verse 10 that Jesus came to seek and to save what was lost. And in Jesus coming to the earth, he had done all of that and more. All that was needed to reveal the true nature and purpose of God was hanging there on the cross in that broken body. All that was required by law for sinners to be saved had been accomplished and achieved. And all of the great redemptive purposes of God, this great gospel narrative that runs from Genesis to Revelation, this is the crux of it at this moment. Jesus saying, it is finished. Not I am finished, it is finished. Everything that needed to be done has been done. There is nothing, friends, nothing left for you and I to do but simply accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. It is finished. That means it's complete. Nothing for you and I to add. Nothing that can be added. I can't do a single thing to earn my salvation. It has been earned for me by Jesus' death on a cross. We can, like the thief, reject or we can, like the thief, repent and believe. And if we do that, we have an assurance of an eternity with him. That's why this is called Good Friday. There's a gospel message in this day that is so incredibly powerful. It has stood the test of time and it will stand the test of time and we will get to spend an eternity with Jesus. What an incredibly blessed people we are to have received forgiveness and to be able to have those assurances. I guess like those early disciples, these are days of some uncertainty. We don't know what's going on. We don't know, um, you know, truthfully what the future looks like and, and the coronavirus and pandemics and people losing their jobs. These are days of uncertainty, but I want to offer you a certainty tonight, my friends. If you don't know Christ, there's a certainty, there's a guarantee, there's a promise of an assurance with Him if you will repent of your sins and accept Him as your Lord and Savior. If that's you tonight, friends, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Father, if there are those that are listening to this message tonight that have accepted you as their Lord and Savior, Lord, I ask that you make yourself very, very real to them. I ask that you forgive them of their sins, that you give them an, an assurance of a salvation with you, and that you flood their hearts with the Holy Spirit that the Bible says is a guarantee. And we ask, Father, that you flood their hearts with the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the, the leader, the guide, the teacher, that he would lead them and guide them into all truth regarding their salvation, Father. Thank you for us that know you, Lord. Thank you for a day that is good. It's a good day in our calendar, Lord, because it's a day that you bled and died for the forgiveness of our sins. It's a day that you were broken for our healing and wholeness, and we are incredibly blessed and favored by that father in jesus name amen amen friends god bless you thank you for listening thank you for tuning in tonight as i said if you want to leave uh, a comment for us we'll reach out to you um, and be able to keep you updated as to what we're doing online can't wait to see you on friday on sunday um, we get to tell the end of the story good friday is the story of the death of of jesus christ sunday is the story of the resurrection and we can't wait to finish the story with you on Sunday. Thank you again for being with us and uh, can't wait to see you on Sunday.